0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to my horror film review podcast. On this episode, I'm just going to be giving my quick review to the new 2022 Texas Chainsaw Massacre film currently streaming on Netflix and directed by David Blue Garcia. So just going into this film, I guess a heads up that I'm I'm not a huge Texas Chainsaw Massacre fanboy by any means. I did just watch the original a few years ago for the first time. Um, And I think that's pretty much a horror classic (laughs) when we talk about films that are classics, you know, that stand the test of time. I think the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre film is a horror classic. And I remember, like I said, watching it for the first time, I was a little nervous going into it, thinking that, you know, it's in the 70s. I didn't know how well it will hold up. And it does hold up quite well. (laughs) That film is just so different than films that are made today. It's so realistic and Um, gross and sweaty and slimy and dirty and they you know used real animal bones I believed and just when you hear the stories of you know they didn't shower for weeks I believe and you could just see that in this film you know that would never work today but and I think they all pretty much had a horrible time making the film the actors but it really shows on screen and it's just so creepy that ending you know the family and Leatherface and it's so unsettling and again realistic too you could just kind of picture yourself I guess you know being in that situation and it's just terrifying to be honest out in you know nowhere Texas you know with this family you know, of cannibals basically trying to kill you. But that film, like I said, I do think it is a horror classic. And I believe I've watched the 2003 uh, remake horror Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think that's just the title with Jessica Biel. I remember I was in middle school and that film came out. And I remember the trailer. That's one of the best like horror trailers out there and I remember watching that trailer like every day and then I did watch that film and I do like I said I think I enjoyed it I don't remember it too much to be honest I haven't seen it in a long time but I did watch that film and I think that's it so I probably have only watched two of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre films out of I don't even know how many there are, eight or so, maybe not that many, but, and I think I've caught, you know, the other films here and there scenes, you know, at Friends House, you know, in the background, on TV, but like I said, so I'm not a huge Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan by any means. I do, again, I love the original, I think it's great, and that's pretty much it, <laughs> to be honest. I've just heard that the other films weren't that good, um, so I just never really checked them out, but they do have their fans, and there's some big like I said, Texas Chainsaw Massacre fans out there. So me, I'm just, you know, I've watched a couple of them and I enjoyed them. (laughs) But I remember hearing about this film and again, I got, you know, decently excited. I'm always in the mood for a new horror film and I feel like we're in the reboot, you know, era right now. And I remember hearing first that it was going to Netflix. So that for some reason always kind of, I guess, lowers my expectations I sh- it shouldn't be it shouldn't be that way but it unfortunately is and I think Netflix Netflix has you know produced some great horror films the past couple of years but it still has that stigma that you know if a film goes straight to streaming you know there's something off with it because they don't want to put it in theaters they don't think it's going to make money they you know they don't have faith behind it so when I heard it was going to Netflix I was a little bit like eh, okay it's probably meh <laughs> it's, you know I just lowered my expectations and then I heard you know know it was going the same route as the other films where it was just a sequel to the original so don't worry about the rest of them this was going to be a direct sequel to the first film and like I said you know I hold the first film in high regards and I really love that film and so again I was kind of like oh they're just going that traditional route again just like other films are doing nowadays just skipping the sequels and this is a sequel so that was kind of just my expectations going into this film and it kind of Came out of nowhere where they were like, "Yep, it's coming out pretty soon." And again, like I wasn't keeping tabs on the film, I wasn't following it too closely. So when they announced that it was coming out, you know, this past week, I heard about a little while ago that was coming out in February. But you know, I told my wife about it. At first, she said no because she's not a huge you know blood gore fan. She said her miss with her horror films. But they dropped the trailer, and I thought it was a pretty decent trailer. And I showed her the trailer, and it was pretty creep. I thought it was a decently creepy uh, trailer and it looked well, you know, directed, produced, it didn't look cheaper or anything, so she pretty much said after the fact, she was like, yeah, I'll check, let's check it out, you know, kind of make a Friday date night at home with it, so yeah, we did check it out this past Friday when it dropped, and I didn't check reviews before watching the film, I tried to stay away, but I did kind of glance a little bit on Twitter, and already seemed like it was, you know, dividing fans, so, but I don't, I don't partake in Twitter, and I don't, necessarily think uh film twitter's good or anything i just don't pay attention to it for the most part it seems like most people just go on there to argue and complain and fight so i just stay away from all that but i did see that it was dividing some fans i have some you know People I trust that I follow and I like to see what they think so again yeah it was kind of just split some people really enjoyed it some didn't so and I did hear that the embargo you know was that Friday at midnight so that always makes it a little bit nerve you know nerve-wracking too because I think if they really was hyped on the film Netflix they might have dropped the embargo a little bit before to get people hyped for the film but I actually do appreciate that too I hate when movies when they you know some people get to see it like weeks ahead of time And then they, you know, talk about it. And it's like, cool, yeah, I I don't get to see it for like another month. But that's an aside rant. So moving forward. So when, again, I didn't know really too much... What to expect going into this film. I lowered my expectations somewhat. And I'll just be honest, right off the gate, (laughs) I somewhat loved this film. I thought this was such a fun horror film, to be honest. And so, if you're here to think I'm going to bash this film, if you want to hear me bash it, I'm not because I actually quite enjoyed it, to be honest. I, you know, it started and I, again, didn't know really the route it was going to go. And then once it gets so bloody and gory and a little bit over the top, I was just laughing and kind of having just a great time with it and chuckling and giggling pretty much throughout the whole film. I thought it was so gory and the kills, man. It was pretty brutal, to be honest. It's interesting with horror films, you know, at least with for me. You know, I feel like a horror film can either, especially a slasher, it could be really brutal and mean. And there is some brutal, mean moments in this film, or it could be a little bit over the top and cheesy. And I feel like I, you know, I could go either way. But I feel like this film kind of had both, to be honest so there will be spoilers in this review so we have you know these this group of four young adults basically we have melody and uh, lila who are sisters melody who's played by sarah yarkin and lila who's played by Elsie fisher and then they're like i said sisters and they're going to this small town in texas harlow i believe with dante and his girlfriend ruth and Dante and Melody, they are business partners, and basically they want to auction off, you know, old pro- the old buildings, old property in this town, this vacant town, and kind of upstart it as a trendy uh, hipster area, basically, I think. And I will say the plot for this film, you know, the script, and it's not the best, <laughs> but I again, I didn't expect that going in. So, you know, the hook to get, you know, these characters there isn't the strongest, but they have to come up with some reason. And but I didn't find it all that interesting. So we got these this group of four characters going to this small town, and when they go to this orphanage, uh they meet this older lady who claims that she still has the right to stay there that she was wrongfully evicted by the bank and that it creates, you know, a heart attack. She ends up having a heart attack from the stress. And that kind of kicks Into gear, this movie and Leatherface is also staying at this house. So we see this older guy that's you know, he's upstairs when he first shows, and they end up taking this older lady to the hospital. But they're you know, this group, um, Dante and Melody, they're waiting for these investors to come, which they do show up on this big like party bus basically, and then they're going to auction off these buildings pretty much. So Ruth. And these two officers take Leatherface and this old lady to the hospital because she's having a heart attack. And I actually was surprised that they showed Leatherface. I thought maybe this guy, I thought it was going to be maybe a twist where he wasn't Leatherface. You know, they show him he's menacing. He's this big older guy. And I thought maybe that he would not turn out to be Leatherface. I'll just be, you know, overthinking. But <laughs> right off when, he's, when she ends up passing away in the ambulance, and then he grabs, he's trying to put the oxygen mask on, you know, the older lady, leather faces. And then when the one officer goes to grab his arm or something, and then he just completely, he twists his wrist and cracks it. Right there, I knew I was in for a pretty much a wild ride. And I was just, I even audibly, not gasped, but just kind of was like, oh, wow, right off the bat and it's pretty gnarly kill, and he kills the two officers, they end up crashing, and then this is where I would say, like, the brutal kill comes, and I swear, I didn't know, like, again, if this movie was gonna be mean, brutal, or kind of get cheesy, campy, slasher fun, and when he kills Ruth, she's sitting, you know, in the passenger seat, she does radio to get away, or she radios for someone to come help, but he stabs her pretty slowly in the gut and it's very you know it's in your face and it's really mean and brutal again like i said and that's kind of where my wife was like ooh this movie might be a little bit mean too mean for me you know these kills and again that's again i didn't know which route it was going to go cuz like when he killed the officers i was like oh wow this is fun and then when he killed ruth i was like ooh man that was tough to watch basically you know stabbing her in the gut and you know it's holding it there it's again pretty brutal and mean and even before that he cuts off the old lady's face puts it on you know himself you know to put the leather face mask on basically and it's again just really bloody and gory and pretty fun though <laughs> so you know we flash forward or not so much flash forward so we end up you know he makes his way back to town to basically slaughter them all and another great sequence is when they're they all end up getting into this party bus Um, the two sisters. Dante ends up getting killed. He gets inside the orphan's house, the house he's you know walking around or something and he just gets um, almost like half his face torn off basically but he bleeds to death a little bit later. His character I didn't care too much about so I don't don't remember him too much. There's also this mechanic that's there that's talking to Lila and it's interesting because Lila does have this backstory where we get flashbacks that she was in a school shooting and she was a survivor. And it's just interesting, you know, when they put that in the film, it's, you know, kind of a touchy subject, especially, you know, in the States now school shooting. So I didn't know what route they would go with that, but basically she's, you know, scared of guns. And, you know, she talks a little bit about it with this mechanic. He ends up getting pretty brutally killed and he takes their keys because eventually, you know, Lila and Melody, they want to leave, But he takes their keys from them because he wants to find out more about what happened with the bank or something like that. I don't remember too much, but he gets brutally killed when, you know, they're under the bed hiding, Melody is at least, and he gets brutally killed by Leatherface. He just, you know, goes to town with, you know, smashing his head and then he ends up, you know... Dropping the keys before he gets killed, so Melody can grab it. And there's a great sequence sequence when he goes to get his, you know, original chainsaw, and it's basically inside a wall or something like that he just punches a wall and opens it up and grabs his chainsaw drops it on the ground in front of Melody when she's hiding under the bed and again you can't help but kind of (laughs) laugh at this scene it's so a little bit over the top but also just fun and again I feel like with horror films you want to have fun so I was just kind of laughing the entire time I just thought it was so funny And so when they eventually get to the party bus, that's when the big, like, massacre happens, basically. So he kills all these investors, and they're kind of like young millennials, somewhat hipsters. And you do get the cheesy dialogue scene when they all pick up their phones and say they want to cancel him or something like that. And then he just goes to town slaughtering them all. And again, yeah, he just you know, cutting them in half, and then the one character that we somewhat have been following as an investor, she, like, tries to climb out the window, and he just cuts her in half, basically, and again, it's just so over the top, but if you're here for gore and blood, you know, you can't help but have fun with it, I I think, so if you're, you know, a splatterhead, if you want blood and guts, you know, you're gonna get it in this film, and for me, you know, I'm not a huge, blood gore fan i enjoy it but i'm not you know seeking out films that are super bloody and gory with crazy kills but uh, this had me you know my juices pumping basically or whatever my adrenaline going i had a lot of fun watching all these scenes so Another thing I forgot to mention is that Sally is in this film. And I knew that going in. So Sally, you know, is from the original film. She's the your final girl that survives. And as final girls go, she's not the best, I guess you could say, because she doesn't necessarily fight back so much. She's not like your tough um badass character. She's more realistic in that she kinda just loses it at the end of that first film, just screaming and hollering. And, you know, while she's at that dinner table with them and they have her tied up and kind of somewhat torturing her. I mean, it's so realistic, the acting, I think, and kinda what most people would do, I think, in that situation. But you know, she jumps through the window at one point and then she eventually gets away. That's the ending of the first film. And she gets on that truck and then Leatherface is chasing. Then he does that dance at the end you know, he's twirling around with his chainsaw, but, and then she's kind of laughing hysterically at the end when she gets away, but, like I said, as final girls go, you know, she's not the most popular, but I think she's the most realistic, and just her just screaming the entire, like, third act is just, in itself, just kind of impressive, to be honest, so, but she shows up, and they go the route of her being a tough rancher-type character, almost like Laurie Strode from Halloween Kills, you know, and, obviously i like the message behind you know you gotta basically confront your fears you can't keep running and hiding but i could have done without sally's character to be honest she doesn't do too much she does show up to help because she hears through the radio i think when ruth gets killed i think that's what she heard from or she heard something that possibly you know there's killings going on in this little town but she goes to check it out she shows up with a shotgun and she confronts Leatherface that she basically tells him she wants him to remember her and you know remember what he did basically to her and her friends but he just kind of gets up and walks away he has no interest in her which I thought was kind of interesting because you think they would have this you know They would confront each other, and she would get her due and kill him, but he just walks away, and she even notices that, you know, and says to herself that he doesn't remember her at all, and then eventually, they end up killing Sally, which I did not expect, so later back outside, when she's trying to save the two sisters, he just kind of guts her with the chainsaw through the back or through the stomach and then lifts her up. And again, this is another kind of overdone scene and he has it running and he's, you know, he has her body in the air and then (laughs) she's, you see her body like shaking. And again, I just couldn't help but just laugh and, kind of hoot and holler during those scenes it was so overdone but pretty great and then he just tosses her body like into an alleyway with a bunch of trash and she ends up you know surviving for a little bit she gives um, Lila the gun (laughs) to go after Leatherface and again you have this character that was you know a survivor from a school shooting and then she's got to use a gun to kill Leatherface or attack him basically but again I was just I couldn't help it with that Sally kill. I thought it was pretty great to be honest. And I didn't expect that. I thought maybe she would end up killing Leatherface, you know, and have her revenge. But no, but she does help out. And again, like I said, you could have done without her character. It didn't have to be Sally so much. It could have just been another character in town, a tough, you know, older lady character. But, you know, they they went that route. It's fine, but I could have done without it. It's not needed, basically you know, the final, at the end, when they end up, you would think kill, they, you think they kill Leatherface, I think Melody ends up hitting him with his own chainsaw, and he falls back into, um, like, a little pool of water, basically, but there's another great chase scene when she's, you know, underground, and he's, you know, he's, using the chainsaw like um just going into the ground with it and kind of chasing her with it that's a pretty decent chase scene as well there's a lot of great scenes I think this film is really well directed and shot and like I said the kills and special effects are top notch to be honest but the ending really got to me and really surprised me and I think again I go back I said this film is somewhat brutal and it's also a little bit cheesy and campy Eh, not so much campy I don't know but just those kills are a little bit overdone where you can't but laugh and the ending when the two sisters you think they're gonna get away they get into a they get into the car it's like morning now and they put the car in auto drive they're leaving this town basically and then it's a pretty good jump scare, and it happens quick and fast, but Leatherface busts through the passenger side window, grabs Melody, pulls her out of the car, and Lila, because the car is still moving, she's, you know, has it on auto drive, she's, and they have the sunroof down, she, you know, pops up to look to see what's going on, and he has her on the ground, and then just decapitates her with his chainsaw, and then just holds her head in, and He has it like held up high, just, you know, showing her and she's driving away screaming. And then he does this crazy dance with the chainsaw and her head. And then it cuts to credits. And I was honestly, my jaw was on the ground at that scene. To be honest, I thought the film was ending on a happy note. These two sisters made it out alive. And I actually liked both their characters. I thought both they did a a good job of acting. I like their chemistry together. They weren't annoying or anything, but I just was rooting for them basically to get out alive. And you think they are. And then again, when he just like busts through the window, grabs Melody, pulls her out, and then just decapitates her so fast and then just holds your head up. It's really brutal and mean. And like I said, I watched this on Friday. And at the end, like I said, my jaw was on the ground and I was kind of just like, holy crap, that just happened. And then I was thinking about it this whole past weekend. I was at work and I actually went on YouTube and watched the ending scene a couple of times just because I thought it was so shocking and a pretty violent way end a movie and pretty disturbing to be honest it's not a happy ending and it's brutal and mean and I applaud (laughs) I applaud the the team that went that route with this film I did not expect that at all and I thought it kind of end on a great note this you know it's a slasher horror film and it ends you know with Leatherface still alive and killing the one sister and Lila just slowly in the car driving away so it sets up a pretty good sequel And I've already heard that the director, David Blue Garcia, wants to do another sequel. He wants to do a sequel to this film, so I'm all in for it. I'm curious the route they'll go, if they'll bring Lila back. I'm assuming they will. I thought, you know, her character was pretty good, and I would like to see what happens. So (laughs) overall, like I said, I quite enjoyed this film. I thought it was a lot of fun it's not long either it's only about 81 minutes or so so you're in and out you know less than 90 minutes and i guess i keep saying the brutal it's so brutal and the kills are so gory and bloody and but also overdone and fun like i said when that bus massacre scene when he's just chopping all these characters you know there's limbs flying everywhere and he's just cutting mowing people down is pretty great, and some of the other kills are good as well, so, and I just, you know, as a slasher f- film goes, I just quite enjoyed it, and I thought the ending, too, it was just such a gut punch, and left off on that brutal ending note, and I really enjoyed that, to be honest, I applaud them doing that, to be honest, so, yeah, if they want to make a sequel to this film, I'm all in, I'll check it out, and I hope, actually, Netflix, you know, I'm pretty impressed, you know, with this film, and I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be upset if they kind of do a Texas Chainsaw Massacre universe now. I don't know if they have the rights to this. I'm assuming they do, or I don't know all that behind-the-scenes stuff. But if they want to make more Texas Chainsaw Massacre films, I'm all in. I'll check them out. <laughs> so, like I said, and I'm, I guess I could give a little bit of what I did not like in this film. Not so much that I didn't like, I guess didn't need. This, to me, did not need to be a sequel to the first film. Um, I just know that's like the route they're going now in these horror films and franchise franchise films. But so them doing that is just kind of like, meh, okay, but it was very unnecessary. They could have just, it just could have just been a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. We could have not known anything about Leatherface. He could have never killed before and then just snapped when this older woman dies and then massacres these these group of young adults i didn't need it to be a sequel to the first film i didn't really need sally like i said i didn't mind the character so much i liked when she got killed but it didn't necessarily need to be sally but i enjoyed the um the message of you know not running away from your fears you know it's gonna follow you and she tells uh lila that right before she dies you know handing her the gun and lila you know is both running away from you know what happened as a, you know, the school shooting. And then she's also running from Leatherface. So she's confronting both her fears, you know, going after Leatherface and then also using a gun. And that's kind of, again, that's, a tough subject I don't know I'm not an expert on that so I could see people being upset with that it's a tough subject here in the states you know school shootings and all that so then putting that in this film was interesting and um, again I didn't expect that so but I, I don't know it could go either way so but I enjoyed that message of you know confronting your fears and you know not running away basically so but her character again, it didn't need to necessarily be Sally but again they went that route so it's okay I'm trying to think and again, I know a lot of people have been complaining. So I did, this movie, again, divided so many people. I, after I watched the film, I you know checked to see what people were saying. And again, I don't partake in any of it because it's just unnecessary arguing. But a lot of people complaining about the script and the characters being weak. But again, I don't know. This is a slasher film. <laughs> and I don't think the original film, the characters are super strong. You know, this is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, but whatever. Also, too, I think this being a sequel to the first film... Um, I don't feel like the Leatherface in the first film is a Leatherface in this film necessarily. I don't know. To me, the first film, the Leatherface is almost childlike and innocent, and almost just—I um, don't want to say simple, but just he just has—he's a different character. I feel like, and this guy is a little bit more angry, and um, he doesn't talk or anything. But I just didn't get the vibes that this was the same Leatherface from the first film. But I feel like some people. Um, thought it so, thought so basically, that he would basically turn out to be this older, um, disheveled, grunt, you know, unhappy older guy basically. But just to me, I feel like the leatherface in the first film was just so goofy, not even goofy, I don't know what the right word is. Just simple and child I childish is more the word I'm looking for. And even though he kills and he's, you know, murderer but I just didn't see him as being very mean basically and this film you know his kills are brutal and mean so I guess basically if he's younger in the first film him getting older and tougher and just more mad basically I guess could happen so I was just a little more surprised. Like in this film he's definitely more mean and some like I said that first kill with Ruth is pretty brutal and then that ending when he decapitates Melody again is really brutal so that's really all I got to say about this film I enjoyed it I thought it was pretty fun I don't know if necessarily I'll watch it again if I'm in the mood for a bloody gore film I'll check it out like I said it's on Netflix it's only 81 minutes or so you're pretty in and out pretty fast but overall I don't know like I said if I'll watch it again necessarily but I had fun for what it was I ended up giving it a 3.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd I just couldn't deny the fact that I had so much fun with this film so 3.5 to me no regrets it earned it for me and I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the year if this holds up you know and ends up as one of my favorite films of the year for horror just because of the impact I said I had so much fun watching it you know if I would have saw this in a theater I think it'd even be more fun you know with a crowd but it was just me at home with my wife on you know in our living room watching it but I was just audibly hooting and hollering (laughs) because I just thought it was so much fun but that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you so much as always for the listen. If you want to follow me on Letterboxd, please do at KJ Steiner, and then I will be back with another episode soon. So take care. Bye-bye.